my voice sounds weird because Lil Peyton is lodged deep, deep in my asshole right now. <laughs> oh my god! Every time I sh- every time I shift, his little helmet brushes up against my prostate. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Is that, is that the intro? Because I kind of wanted to be. That. <laughs> oh Jesus! They're going to be so confused because we didn't even play Tennessee this week. Welcome to our Florida Gator subreddit podcast. This is Tofree Gator. Over there, Zeus Apollo, Zlatan Diego. How are you feeling, gentlemen? We're bringing all the energy today. We're ready. Y'all look a little, y'all look a little sad today. What's up? I, did something happen? <laughs> you know, something you might, you might not have caught this. Uh, we had some games this weekend. Some oh. good, bad. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, ha- I had plans this weekend, so I actually just have the game recorded. Did you know? How'd it go? Oh, yeah. yeah, you watching it after this? Yeah, I'm gonna watch this. I, it's probably not good form to record a podcast about it without having watched the game. But you know, I figured I could just kind of wing it. It's Kentucky. Sure. How I'm much do need we, to plan too hard? Do we have to dance around what like what happened? I don't want to spoil anything for you. Uh no. You know, I'm gonna take a cue from Dan Mullen and just kind of wing it. Right. <laughs> we're going to do a whole episode spoiler free. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, joking aside, I did actually miss it on Saturday because I had uh, I had previously made plans. Um, I had it recorded. I did a little bit of housework in the morning um, the the following Sunday, um, and I, my plan was to watch it Sunday afternoon. And as I was wrapping up housework, my neighbor walks by my front door and goes, "Hey, man." Tough loss for those Gators, am I right? And I, I can't imagine what it's like to try to be high in public and interact with people, but trying to keep a straight face and pretend like he didn't just ruin my whole fucking day, month, <laughs> year, and just be like, yeah, it kind of sucked, huh? Like he didn't just spoil it for me? And in that fashion, with this game? It was <laughs> difficult. Um, I waited for him to walk away and I took a piece of the crown molding I was cutting up and I broke it over my knee. Not like a strong boy. It was MDF. It wasn't very right. difficult, but it did sting. I'm not just emotional, <laughs> but like quite literally my knee kind of hurt afterwards. And so that was really yeah. regretful. And honestly, the worst part of that is that I did end up needing that piece. Like it was the perfect size for one of the spots that I needed. Oh, and man. now I didn't have it anymore. You so really roughly- like fuck everything. Fuck Dan Mullen. Uh, no, uh, but maybe I don't know anymore. Did you leave a little bag of dog shit in front of the neighbor's house? Like I pissed on, right I pissed on the front door. door. He's a Florida yeah. State fan. Yeah. Is this the guy that you were telling me about? The father figure? <laughs> no, no, unfortunately not. Um, this is this is that's the neighbor at my mom's house. Uh, this is the neighbor at my house. Oh right, yeah, yeah, it's okay. all good. No, father figure would never do such a thing. I don't think he knows what football is, but that's fine. Um, anyway, so how was y'all's weekend? Yeah, I was, um, I was pretty, you know, I had some rough times. I, I didn't even get the chance to chop my dick off after the game because Dan Mullen did that for me at the end of the first half when he did the, the QB meal with two minutes, <laughs> 15 seconds left or whatever it was and just ran the clock out. Let so, me, let me just give a warning at the outset here. If you're one of those listeners who gets upset about, um, negativity or, this maybe not being like a happy, sunshiny look on this. Um, 
for me at least, this might be one worth skipping. This is a therapy episode. I yeah, mean, I'm not. I'm not really in a happy state of mind about this. Oh, and, whistle sound. Uh, whistle sound. Flag on the play. Prior to the snap. <laughs> false start. Like, you almost forgot. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, had, I had that joke planned out. I was supposed to cut one. Yeah. I was supposed to cut off with the flag on the play prior to the beginning of the pod. Um, but you know what? We all forgot a lot of things this week. Sorry for cutting you off, Tove. I think the joke. No, was you're good. You I just, saying. you know. I want to give fair warning that uh, this is not going to be like a sunshiny take. And if you're uh, prone to being upset about criticism of Coach Mullen or about the Gators in general, um, for me, this is this is probably going to be a lot of that. So we're we're not here to just pump up for no reason either. We're all fans, and we we get emotional. We we react. So that's uh, all we can do is just say what we see and uh, talk shit about it a little bit and enjoy it as much as we can. And I personally have kind of gone out of my way to maybe pump up some more positive um, viewpoints than what I necessarily feel or agree with to this point in the season. I think it was Um, was Patrick Simpson on Twitter. He's like, okay, the the lies at a certain point, the lies just got to stop. Yeah. And uh, maybe this is that week. Yeah. I don't know. Could be. Yeah. But let's do it. We'll get into it. We'll, We'll have some fun along the way and maybe some miserable times too. I don't know where to start here. Uh, I actually, I was feeling okay on Saturday, even after the loss, because I was going into that game expecting that it was going to be tight, that it was going to be hard fought. Yeah. And so I had kind of accepted that a loss was like a real possibility here. Um, I don't understand the amount of hubris that I saw from other Gator fans about this game during the week last week. Um, mm-hmm. I know that historically Kentucky has not been good, but like we haven't won convincingly in Lexington since 2013, which was Stoops's first year. I, I mean, for anyone who is expecting this to be a cake, a cakewalk because they did, they almost lost to Chattanooga at home. It's the <laughs> transit of property. Like that doesn't this work do. in college football. This, this is a good Kentucky now. team. I don't know why this team, this Kentucky team, wasn't ranked to begin with. Um, yeah, probably should have been. I mean, like I, they are clearly a top twenty fifteen type of program right now, and um, you know, I, I guess that's that's the most positive spin I can put on it is that we lost a tough game to a really tough opponent on the road in our first true road game in two years. It does feel like last year we had a. Last year might have been the most chalkier ever, it seemed like. Like, just the teams who were supposed to win just won out and dominated everybody. And this year, it seems the opposite, where some of those teams that dominate normally are really struggling. And the teams that are built like Kentucky, um, I would have said like us, (laughs) but maybe (laughs) us to an extent. But those teams that are built on, you know, depth, preparation, good coaching are really doing a lot better this year than they would otherwise. And maybe there's something to that with the COVID thing. I haven't yeah. thought all the way through that. This is a half-baked thought, just rambling right now. But, yeah, this Kentucky team, uh, I think all three of us were pretty were pretty uh, tentative with our score predictions. Did any of us pick um, Florida to cover? I picked us to cover. Uh, I was 27-17, but I expected it to be a really close game. Yeah, what was the spread? Was it four? Eight, eight, eight points. Eight points. Okay. Yeah, like I said last week, I make those predictions and then throw them out of my brain. So 
somebody mm-hmm. on the sub check me on that. I think neither I, neither of y'all picked us to cover. No, I had us twenty seven twenty four winning. Yeah. Um, I I did think we'd score more than oh, we did. By the way, Zeus, actually, yeah, I did look up. Uh, we made a joke about your score being a scoregami. It was oh, yeah. thirty two to twenty six, yeah. and that actually would be an NFL scoregami. There's never been a thirty two to twenty six. Hell game. yeah! Like I said, man. Sometimes we were, you just go we by were the ceiling. Close this time too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right there. Game. Just like we thought. Yeah. Yeah. This one was a. This one was a bitch. Yeah. Fuck this game, uh, Zeus. You. You. Um, I know you went through your your emotional turmoil listening to your neighbor, but. I, I just can't. I can't get on board with that being any worse than having to actually watch that game. Um, yeah, especially that sequence. I mean, there were frustrating sequences throughout, but the last two minutes where we finally drove, did what we like normally do against Kentucky, like, oh well, we'll find a way to pull this out anyways. And they handed us plays. They handed us free plays, and we just kept shooting ourselves in the dick. We handed yeah. it back repeatedly with false starts again and again. Uh, I guess you could make an argument um, that this is like some form of karma for our, the multiple times that we have beaten them that we shouldn't mm-hmm. have beaten them. And then this was one where we should have beat them and we didn't. So, you know, you got to pay the piper at they've some had, point. They've had some games that might have felt worse than this one for us. The yeah. uh, one where they left guys uncovered is pretty brutal. Yeah. 2016 yeah. with Luke Del Rio. Even even the last one in Lexington when Frank or when yeah when Frank's got injured and and Trask came in to win, um, people forget that that was a one point game with like a minute left and they kicked a thirty five yard field goal and missed. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, like even that last one in Lexington, yeah, we should have lost that. Um, you know, I guess. I mean, without the injury, we definitely would have lost. Yeah, that. right, and that has been something that has been rehashed and uh, an issue of consternation over the last couple of days is rehashing where that whole Trask Franks thing fits in, uh, in Mullen's career as a, uh, the Gators coach. Speaking of Trask Franks, let's discuss QBs for a second. That's a, I guess it's a good time to get into that. Right. Um, I know that I've seen a few people talking about uh, concerns over losing the locker room or losing Emery's confidence in pulling him. Uh, look, I can understand feeling like Anthony Richardson's not ready. I can understand that. Like thinking, okay, this guy's just not ready with the playbook. He's going to get himself hurt or he's going to like ruin his, himself mentally. I could at least understand that line of thinking. But the whole losing the locker room thing, that like, oh, I don't trust my quarterback, so I'm going to lose Emery – that's just complete bullshit to me because Mullen already sent that message that he doesn't trust his starting quarterback. He sent that that entire game. He sent that at the end of the half when we just killed time with two minutes and 15 seconds left. He sent that like the last plays inside the 10 yard line. We had what six plays, or I think it was inside the five to the 15 very varying based on back and forth penalties where we alternated. But every single one of those plays was, just these really basic, easy ones, like n- nothing that was actually like just into the end zone. So that's Mullen saying, I don't trust my quarterback. He didn't go over the top at all. Right. Once didn't call those plays. So that's the message he's sending. So, I mean, miss me with that. It's, it, it's a bullshit. It's a bullshit excuse for, for yeah. me. It's, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think you said it well, it's, uh, 
I don't know if Richardson is ready. Um, I really don't. But, I mean, if we're at this point in Emery's development and you are, for whatever reason, unwilling to put him in that situation, which is weird because you sort of did put him in that situation against Bama. And you kind of did against Tennessee, too. Like, you let him throw the ball. You let him go out and risk making mistakes. And he showed that he was capable. Now, I mean, is he capable of consistently, you know, throwing downfield passes without throwing an interception? I really don't know. I really don't. But, like, if you're not in a place where you trust him to do that, if you're not in a place where you trust him to win the game, what are we even doing here? With him as the starter. Yeah, and maybe maybe to his defense, maybe Mullen thought the only way we lose this game is with like a pick six, something along those lines. And to be fair, that's why we lost this game was the blocked field goal return for a touchdown. Sure. I mean, yeah. like we had a play like that. It's not one you could have expected, I guess. But um, yeah, so I mean, he went ultra conservative for whatever reason. He thought that it was the right time to do that here. Maybe it was because it was away. Yeah. Man, it was, it was just painful watching the offense i can't and, and i guess it, them out played mullen and coach mullen it's with with the two quarterback rotation thing that we're continuing to do um i talked about this last week that you know i could see that being a thing that actually works if it's implemented in a way that makes sense but right now the way it's implemented i don't i don't know why we're doing it like what what value are you adding by letting anthony richardson come in and move the chains three times and then he gets it down to a third and four and you pull him out. Why? To what end? And then again, again, you know, later in the game, he hadn't moved the chains. He comes out of the game with it third and 11 and turns the ball, turns the, the game back over to Emery. And it's like, what, 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 what are you proving by putting Emery in that spot? I mean, I just, I don't get it. It literally just felt like I need to force a couple snaps, and this seems like a good time to get those snaps in. It, it felt like no other purpose outside of that, which is the yep. one – that's the purpose we don't want to see. Like, we don't want to see that. If you're going to use AR, use them the right way. Like, I mean, right. I'm all about getting him snaps, but I don't know. Give give him a real shot. Don't force Emory, Emory into this issue. I don't even remember what happened on that third down and long, but I can only assume we didn't get it. I don't. I do think it was an incomplete. Yeah, like – If I recall. That, that's just setting – that's setting both those guys up to fail. Like, you know what? AR had the drive. Let him let him try the third and long. Yeah. Or like, I mean, why are you going to throw Emory in there? There's no chance he's going to get that, especially coming in off the bench cold like that. I mean, he doesn't do well off the bench cold. If you're interested in letting Richardson grow as a quarterback, you've got to let him grow as a quarterback. You've got to let him be in those tough situations and see if he can figure out a way to move the chains. And I mean, you some some would probably be, some might even be saying right now, fuck these guys. They think they know more than Mullen. Well, you know what? We don't know more than Mullen, but all we can do is just see with our eyes. And we see like the issues that are happening. We see what he's done in the past. And yes, there's all the excuses in the world he can come up with for the whole trust Frank thing. But yep. it happened how it happened. And it's happening again how it's happening. Right. I, I don't know more than Mullen. I think that he's the best quarterback developer in the country. Probably the best quarterback developer in the game. But his management of when to find the soft spot and pinch it off with a guy who isn't working... I have questions um, because of what we've seen in the past. Um, I guess that kind of dovetails into you, you talked about it a little bit um, right before halftime, the choice to get the ball with nearly two full minutes left. 
Yeah, we could have um, two minutes and 15 seconds, I think, if we had called a timeout at the right time. It would have been right around was that. It? Yeah, okay. Um, and three timeouts. And you go out and you get two quick first downs, and then you just don't even try. That, to me, has been the single most indefensible in-game coaching that I've seen from Mullen to this point in his time at Florida. It's it's um against I mean, against a lot of opponents. I mean, like if 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 we did that against Tennessee last week, okay. I mean, it's Tennessee, but you're doing that at Kentucky, at the team that specifically wants to limit the number of possessions, that wants to take the air out of the ball, that wants to play this like ground and pound defense run game based type of football and in a situation where you're not getting the ball back at halftime. Why? I mean, it's a three point game. We weren't even getting the ball back. I I don't understand it. Why? I mean, what? And you know what? Again, I'll add a caveat. If your plan there was to go in at halftime and make the adjustments and make it look better in the second half, fix the whatever was happening that was causing the false starts. Okay, sure. But you didn't do that. Did it get worse? I think it got worse. I think it did. I think it was worse in the second half than it was in the first half. Maybe nerves, maybe noise, whatever. Didn't get better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it really does. Uh, and, and again, it, the more I talk, the more I say it, the more I think it's probably the case. It's just it really goes to Mullen was playing for this not to fuck up. Like mm-hmm. that, that, that decision was made based on, hey, I don't want to throw a pick six here. I don't want to force something awkward that's going to give them points when I could just go into half up three. I mean, there's, I guess there's an argument for that, but in my mind, it is a very poor argument. I don't see, based on the scenario we were in, I just don't see the benefit to that at all. Yeah. Especially when we're struggling for offense. Like, yeah, I, I get it. You might not get the first downs or whatever, but we were struggling for points that game. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you try and get three out of it at least? Get something out of it. Zeus, do you have anything? How are you feeling about um, it? feels like every year we have one of these games. Um, last year was A&M and LSU. The year before that, I can't remember because I don't have my memory. The year before that, it was Kentucky and Missouri again. But Kentucky, I mean, 2018 was a little bit more defensible because it was his first year and Kentucky was like his third game. But still Mizzou for sure and most of the Vanderbilt game. It is hard for me to make a definitive decision on Mullen as a head coach when it is so hot and cold where you will see games like Alabama this year where honestly we lost, but I, I now feel great. I still, I mean, not within the context of this loss to Kentucky, but as a whole feel great about that. I still feel like we kicked their teeth in. Um, just kind of, I mean, we recap that game already last year, how we like just absolutely pistol whip Georgia we have great games and we don't usually lose the ones we're supposed to except for the one each year. There's always the one. And this year we happen to have the one plus we had Alabama slated. Usually it's kind of defensible when you have the one and then you coin flip your big games. We're going to coin flip our big game against Georgia, but we also had to coin flip it. And it ended up being a coin flip against Bama, but we ended up losing to Bama. So now we're looking down the barrel of like, our nine and three over under is it kind of feels like the ceiling. Um, yeah. It's just, it's really frustrating that 
that five weeks into the season and the any any potential accolades, whether you think they were possible or not, they're officially out. I mean, there's like without just tremendous amounts of help, we have no chance to go win the SEC. We have no chance to slip into the playoffs. Like yeah. we don't even have a chance. We can't go into Georgia thinking, you know what? We could win this. Like, or if we win this, then we can actually do something with it. Like that was stolen from us. And it's frustrating. And then, yeah, last year, the only game that I think that, that for me is comparable under Mullen is the LSU game last year, where it just seems like everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Uh, player, like execution was wrong under the players. is really poor. And honestly, the coaches seemed like they just did a poor job of preparation in every facet of the game. And it felt like that this game. That's how to yeah. grant them. Again, I'm, I'm going right. to give him credit. He did a good job. Defense was great. Yeah, I mean, I think what's frustrating here is not that we're looking at like nine and three. Um, I mean, I remember during the the season preview, we talked about, I think we all came out on 10 and two as a prediction, but we all talked about with a couple of these games, LSU, Kentucky, that they would be kind of borderline toss up type of games, that they would be tough games at the very least. And, you know, they're losable games. So nine and three is not like the end of the world, but it's frustrating when that nine and three, I had kind of, I, or that 10 and two, I'd kind of factored in like a definitive loss to Bama where we're just not even close. This is a rebuilding year and that's clear from the outset. And then like you go out and you look really, really good against Bama. And then two weeks later you poop your pants in Lexington. Like it's just, it's, it's such a frustrating way to lose where it's just unnecessary. Like, um, you know, it just, it's, it was shooting yourself in the foot. Um, and, you know, the game that it kind of reminded me of was that Miami opener that we managed to win kind of felt sort of similar. I mean, how, how I mean, there was were, that there, so there were more turnovers in that game. It was sloppy in a different way. But it was sort of a similar thing where it's like you're doing just enough to beat and frankly, an inferior opponent. Um without showing anything on tape or something, you know, I don't, I don't know what the impetus is to be conservative. Yeah. I guess conservative is probably the right word in games like that. You know, it's like, why, why don't you go out and meet these games with the same type of aggression that you show against Georgia and Bama? Yeah. It's uh, and when we, when we say conservative, I think all of us are probably on the same page where we're not talking about the, I don't go for it. I'm fourth and one at the 40. Like right. that's must champion. Yeah. Conservative. That's not what we're saying here. Although I will say there was a little hint of even that in this game. I mean, we yeah, had a fourth and short early on and chose than to punt it. Yeah. yeah. Which, which again, I can understand. I'm to- I'm actually on board. Enough. Like there, there's a time and a place where, okay, sure. you know what? I need to be a little safer here. But when you just have this overall super ultra conservative mentality and I hate to say it, but when you are not recruiting at a high level at all, then these games are going to happen. Like th- yeah. th- that's, that's kind of my takeaway from this is that we can be a better team than the LSUs and Kentuckys of the world. But when you go into this really conservative mindset, you can blow it based on not having enough talent to just sort of, actually strangle them to death the way that Alabama does. Yep. How do we feel about our expectations <laughs> for the season um, <laughs> relative to how we felt going into this game? And how do we feel about our expectations for the season relative to like going into the beginning of the season? 
I mean, we spoke on this a little bit, how preseason we were predicting, we were predicting 10 and two, maybe a nine, nine and three kind of makes sense a little bit, but yeah. I think we probably had the same numbers going into this game, but like with a really different field, Tope was just talking about this a second ago, which is what made me think about it. Yeah, I went, uh, I went 10 and two on my preseason picks, not because I thought that we were necessarily a 10 and two team, but because I, I mean, I was, I'm, I'm picking games. It's, it's, I'm having fun. And the other part of that is that I probably I just couldn't figure out who I wanted to pick as as the extra loss. I thought we were probably around a nine and three team at the time. I didn't think we were excellent, but I, I mean there is a rebuild aspect. And going into this game, I felt a lot better. Um, and yeah, you can call it the the old uh, what's it called moral victory versus Bama. But I mean, I did pull some things from the Bama game where I was like, okay, you know what, we dominated in the trenches against Alabama. If you can do that, you can beat anybody in the country. Right. Like there's no question yep. at all in my mind. And we saw that Emory was actually playing at a better level. They were actually having him throw down fields. So I was like, you know what? I'm, we all know I'm not like the biggest Emory fan comparatively. I like Emory. It's just, I, I like other guys more, but I thought if he does that, we could win with him. So yeah, I, I thought that this wouldn't be an issue. I thought we were much closer to a uh, potential playoff team, even if the, team kept advancing and the trenches played like that. And we were able to figure out the quarterback. Yeah, this is, um, I think this season is sort of like emblematic of why Mullen is frustrating to me in general, because it's like um, going in. Yeah. Like looking at it, I thought probably 10 and two, nine and three, this is a little bit of a rebuild year. And then like Zlat said, you go out and you push Bama around in the trenches on both sides of the ball in whatever it was, week two, week three. And you think, holy shit, like he has done a great job coaching this team. We are way ahead of where we should be. That kind of, you know, it it lulls you into this belief that frankly has been proven time and time again to be false, that we aren't then going to shit our pants (laughs) against a team that we shouldn't be. Um, And that's okay in... I think this is where things have sort of changed um, since like the Meyer years is like, that's okay to poop your pants and have that kind of game against Auburn or whatever, or Ole Miss um, in the sec of the mid two thousands, you could afford a loss, but right now with Georgia and the division, you can't really. Um, And it kind of feels like, yeah, even if next year we take a step forward and we're really good, on you know in parts of the team that maybe are lacking a little bit this year how can i sit there and tell myself that we're not going to then lose to kentucky or missouri or you know choke away a winnable game against lsu next year i I can't and so it's just it's discouraging because it's like it's that reminder again every year that mullen is who we thought he was that he's a good coach but probably not like a great championship level coach. He's a, he's a very good coach. Like Excellent. I don't want to make Excellent. it. I, I mean, yeah, it's, I'm not trying to fire the guy here. Mm-hmm. Not yet. You know, no. uh, no, miss me with that. preemptively yeah. miss me with that. They're going, they're trying to fire Mullen. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. There, there, there will be things that I, that I, I Mark Stoops that I would want him replaced eventually for, but I'm not there. I'm not there at all. Like, there's, there's, yeah, there's some options. <laughs> I don't hate it, Zeus. I don't hate it. <laughs> um, okay. It's hard so to that he's different, but yeah. 
So I'm going to answer my own question. I, I fair warning, um, sunshine pumping in, incoming, not like hardcore sunshine pumping, just flavoring it in such a way that maybe we are not super depressed. The reason I asked that is because I think going into this week, my expectation might've been 11 and two. I would put our win total at like 10 and a half. Do we, or do we not lose to Georgia? And honestly, give me a coin flip after we have how we played against Bama. After this week, I'm thinking that it's either nine and three or eight and four, which if you're thinking preseason expectations is either a push or like eh, under, just like not a hardcore under, not back in the Brinks truck back. But I think the reason this week hurts so much is specifically because of the Alabama game. If we just take a moment, reflavor, and think of the Alabama game as this team ceiling, it stings. It sucks. We don't want to think about ourselves having a ceiling. I mean, I'm gonna about to, I'm about to quote Dan Mullen in a presser, but like each season is different. Blech. Coach talk, Blech. but if we just contextualize this game right here, right now, relative to where we were at the beginning of the season, we just exactly we're exactly what we thought we were going into the season, which is we are rebuilding with a quarterback that's probably not the strongest, like definitely serviceable, but not the strongest. And we are probably going to drop against Georgia, Alabama, and one team. We 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 found our one team. Um, we might find another one somewhere throughout the rest of the season, and that would suck. <laughs> but like I said, that's the one extra game that might have made this the slight under play preseason. But I don't know. It's maybe it's my rose colored glasses because I didn't actually watch the game, so I didn't feel that pain. It wasn't a slow wax to rip my pubes off. It was a quick band aid. I didn't know I had, but. Where I'm standing right now, it just feels like, okay, preseason, that's about right. That's where we were. We're still looking forward to 20. We were looking forward to 2022 at the beginning of the season. We're looking forward to 2022 halfway through the season, which only stinks because we were looking at 2021 after game three. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a definite element of, of uh, that Bama game making this a lot harder. That That is absolutely true. I mean, even like before this game, if I had told you that that our defense held their offense to what thirteen points, I think they had the return touchdown, but yeah. twelve, fourteen, whatever it was, but our defense held them to that. Knowing our rushing attack, like you'd have thought we beat them like thirty-five to you know yeah. twelve points or whatever it is. Like you thought we dominated them, right? That's the other part that we haven't even really touched on is that like the defense was great. So I'm just I mean, it's shocking that, that our offense looks so bad that, that we could lose the game with our defense looking like that. Statistically, and I'm not saying that this loss is the same or comparable at all, but statistically, this kind of looks on paper like when we lost to Georgia Southern when they completed like three passes. <laughs> what did Kentucky complete? Was it like seven passes or something like that? Uh, it was, I mean, they just, they didn't have to, they didn't do anything. They didn't have to, they couldn't. They didn't have to do anything. Yeah. We, we we shot ourselves in the foot repeatedly. Yeah, repeatedly. <laughs> yeah, we were you know rubber band man nine in my right, forty five in my other hand, and they were both pointed at our feet. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. So, All right. do you want another? Re- su- do you know? Do you want another sunshine pump? Yeah, why not? Or, or, or do we want to use them all? Right, I don't know how many you have. Like, I don't want to use them. Oh, all. Oh, I got plenty. Okay, if you got enough, then go for it. This project Leave this there. all in. Okay, so my sunshine pumping, 
if Mark Stoops le- uh, loses this game, does he get hired away from Kentucky this year? Uh, yeah, yeah, he might. Sure. Hmm. Like, like I think I think he can get hired away anytime. Like he's, I think he's just waiting for the right job to open up. Yeah. I mean, maybe if he loses, he wouldn't. But I, I don't see how this one would really affect teams wanting to hire him. It's like Mullen when he lost to Mississippi State and Bama, or sorry, sorry, uh, LSU and Bama a bunch. Like, I don't think teams really held that against him when they were looking to hire him. But I yeah. think they'll hold this to him when they're looking to hire. When Penn State potentially opens up, they're going to go, oh, shit. Yeah. Stoops over there just beat Florida with Kentucky. It can incentivize. Is that like uh, – so what you're saying is that we've like – reverse mark richted ourselves where like we beat mark richt one too many times and you know the gravy train ended maybe this is the opposite (laughs) (laughs) on and on a much on a much longer time scale willie taggart i mean we were not the one who got willie taggart fired but if willie taggart didn't lose so hardcore he would have stayed forever and it would have just been even better and preview Two weeks from now, we have an excellent opportunity to play a very specific type of spoiler that I will say, (laughs) generally the playing spoiler thing, that's a real, eh, like that's a bummer to have to confront that before Halloween. But, um, you know, we have some interesting opportunities on the schedule. It's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about it. We got some news on that one too. Do I want to, do we want to give that away? Are Are we getting into that right now or we can, we can hold off on it. We did find out today that uh, the, the kickoff, I think, was at noon yeah. or 11 o'clock. Well, for the first time since, um, I mean, I know we had an early-ish kick. I think it was the mid-afternoon CBS game in 2016, the one you were at. Yeah, the Hurricane game. Um, might have been a noon game. They, they did something that, weird with it. Yeah. Beyond that, I don't remember the last time it was a noon game at Baton Rouge. I mean, at the lock, uh, pretty much every year they get they get all the night games always. Yeah. That's their thing. But yeah, this one worked out nicely. I like it. Which and we've made this joke. I've made this joke every year. Like, how can that be your thing? That's like, oh yeah, don't worry, guys. Getting blowjobs. It's just my thing. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's everybody's thing. Everybody wants night games. It <laughs> can't be your thing. No, no, no. We claimed it. Sorry. Called dibs. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I mean, so did so did Urban Meyer. <laughs> Listen, yeah, man. You know, you're banging bar girls. It's it's just their thing. Like that's what they like. <laughs> you got to find ways to occupy your time in Jacksonville. Um. All right. Uh. So, so what else from this game? Back to the sadness a little bit. Yeah. Let's hop, we're having a little too much fun. We need to we need to chill out a little bit. Um. I I've told myself prior to the pod. <laughs> you know this might actually have people like go through flashbacks like yeah right. memories for people like like the I dog looking at, at the cupcake six more in i'm told again i'm told that there were eight of them so i need to find six between now and the end of the pod well yes, save some for like the absolute key points just uh we'll leave it at that uh, actually speaking of that let's let's get into that um i was pr- totally prepared I guess I wrote this under the positives that normally I have to struggle through the pain of rewatching losses. But since this shit's getting buried into my deep repressed memory drawer, I'm not going to have to do that. Um, and I had that as a positive, but I decided for the sake of the pod for, for our valuable, valuable listeners who we love very deeply, whom we love very deeply. I was going to go and rewatch the last sequence of events just to kind of see what happened in the those absolute martyr seven plays 
of um, absolute craziness where we, my, my God, we, we went everywhere, five to 10 to 15 to the five to the 10 to the 15. I mean, just back and forth and everything. It's just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth like getting into every single specific play. I could, but I think people have analyzed it plenty. Um, kind of my takeaway, this is my personal takeaway, just my opinion. Um, nobody else's. You know, lots of caveats here. It opened up. I don't have an issue with any of the play calls. I, none of them were like particularly bad. Sure. But, and this is the big butt here, the gigantic full ass of butts. Um, the whole asshole. I mean, the peachiest. But this <laughs> is with, with our issues that we had this game with false starts. Mullen was going on first and second down trying to get from the 10-yard line to the 5-yard line. That was his goal. His goal was like, I need to gain these 5 yards to make it 3rd and 5 and 4th and 5, or 3rd and 2 and 4th and 2, like somewhere in that range. But he knew our false start issues. He knew our issues with that. He knew how loud it was going to get. I have a huge issue with that. I mean, that conservative mentality is what Mullen does. He has a conservative mentality. He loves that. He'll do that all games. But doing that this game, when we have issues snapping the ball, like he is working his ass off to gain five yards where there is a good chance he's going to lose them back right away. And you know what? He did it twice. We lost, we lost those yards back twice. Like that, that's really frustrating to me that, yeah. that he did, he was not able to adjust um, his conservative mentality for the fact that, you know what? There could possibly be a false start here because if there's a false start that completely fucks up his plan and yes, penalties fuck up everybody, but he doesn't even take that into consideration when calling these plays. And it's frustrating. So, I mean, I guess you, I guess you have to trust your players. I, I mean, this is very much hindsight. This is like the most hindsight of hindsight uh, opinions right here. But it's, um, it's tough. And you know what? We lucked out, too. We got a face mask at one point in that, whereas third and 10, and it was a garbage play. Um, Emery ended up, like, throwing it away. Like, there's nobody open, no chance for getting it completed. Third and 10 after, after the uh, false start penalty. And Kentucky had a face mask on us. So they gave us a free four downs within the five yard line. Um, and then of course that first play uh, would have scored if Copeland didn't fall down. So again, like it's not like it was horrible play calling or anything. It, it was good play calling. It's just the fact that he went conservative when there's this high risk of false starting is really frustrating. And I made the point numerous times that we didn't take one shot at the end zone, which yeah. I get it, but maybe, maybe this was the game to try and do it. Yeah. Um, I have learned, um, through years of self-employment that if your plan for success involves, um, every external variable going perfectly in your favor, that's probably not a very good plan for success. You are setting yourself up for failure. And that's kind of what the entire Mullen experience feels like is you're kind of like making these plans that every external variable is going to go your way, at least enough to win a game. And like, you know, this goes back to the going into halftime, pocketing that opportunity, pocketing those timeouts without even trying. You're basically saying that you expect things to go perfectly in the second half to be able to win this game. And sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. 
so I, I just, I don't understand the approach of not maximizing your opportunities for success. It just, it felt like wasted downs when you're going for that, you know, in, in all likelihood, you will get the three to five yards against Kentucky with each play, but we just repeated doing it. And then, yeah, it, it was a waste of a down when we had one false start. You could do two of those in a row. Yep. But you get your six, seven yards of Mullen once, which we did. And then false start, boom, ruined yep. right there. So you're right. planning on not having that. Uh, and you know what? Maybe it's fine to normally plan for that. But just with everything in this game, just with all the conservative mindsets, it all added up to a loss. Any yes. one of those things where he didn't do it, maybe it wouldn't have been a loss. Um, maybe he would have thrown a pick six. I don't fucking know. Who knows? We, we I don't think we even really talked about it a whole lot. Uh, I think this may have been the worst special teams I've ever seen from a Gators team within the context of a single game. Yeah, brutal. The uh, like, I, I struggle to think of one being worse because it's, with the exception of Jace Chrisman, the kicker, who has been really, really good. Yeah. Um, with the exception of him. I mean, like every other aspect of this just got fucked up. I couldn't bring myself to watch more of the plays, but I would have watched that uh, that kick return if I could have, just to see. I, I don't. I assume the guy just broke through. I don't know if he kicked it too low or not. Yeah, I watched it. That, that um, dude was beastly and dominating a lot of the don't, game. Don't don't do that to yourself. Yeah, that I won't was, do it, man. That's bad. But I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shit on the special teams coach for a kick return touchdown. Like I'll shit on them for having the kick blocked, but those guys are not like out there to right. stop the touchdown necessarily. Like that yeah. guy has a running start; he's got the whole field. Like that's just it's that's that was a, a freak play, mm-hmm. you know. It just yeah. Oh man, yeah. I missed. Um, I saw so at the beginning of the game. Uh, I didn't have the sound working, so I saw the uh, the kickoff where I guess it was Dwan uh, when just wreck somebody out of bounds. What mm-hmm. happened there? Was that just a boneheaded play? I didn't actually see what happened. Did they talk about it? Just, uh, yeah, yeah, one of those things. I don't know. Yeah, the, um, yeah the, whole, that's, uh, yep. the whole discipline thing, uh, the staff's done a really good job of getting players disciplined. It really has. Like, we've we've done better with penalties overall. This game, not notwithstanding, obviously. Uh, I mean, some of, the, some of the penalties in this game, they weren't, I mean, most of them were not discipline penalties. A couple were. And every single one that has been a discipline penalty, this game, and probably this year that I can remember, it's all the guys who are transfers in. So it's mm-hmm. the guys who have not had time within Mullins program, guys who have basically been here since sure. the summer. And um, you can see kind of why maybe they're being limited right now. It makes a little more sense when Blaze yeah. goes out and just knocks it, out of bounds for no fucking reason. And, and I guess it's kind of an argument for why, um, you know, going to the portal is good to fill in some key spots from time to time, but is also probably not a sustainable, you know, path for uh, building like a championship level roster. It's tough when you're going for grad transfer spots. Like, yeah, you get the more experienced player, but you, I mean, you're risking where you're getting from too. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it doesn't seem to be an issue with the guys who are coming in from like, you know, like Valentino and um, the other defensive lineman. Newkirk. Newkirk, thank you. You know, it doesn't seem to be an issue with them, but the guys who have come in from JUCO, mm-hmm. you know, it's an adjustment period to understand that, like, this ain't JUCO. These guys aren't – you're not going to be able to just, like, out-physical them, and it's 
frustrating, I would imagine. Blades, Perkins, and Black all might have come from programs, but they came from Juco first. I guess Black was just straight from Juco, but all these yeah. guys were Juco at one point. Yeah. Um, I guess, uh, side note, something positive on defense. Um, Nick Marshall, I think, is... Jason Marshall. Jason yeah. Marshall, not Nick Marshall. Nope, that's somebody else. Wasn't that <laughs> an awesome quarterback? quarterback? Yeah, yeah. quarterback. Um, Nick Marshall. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Never forget. God. Uh, yeah, he's like, he's the truth. I mean, he is, once Elam is back healthy, he needs to be starting opposite. Uh, I've seen enough Avery Helm to think that he's probably a solid corner in some situations, but is not starting caliber at this point. Yep. He's a guy you're fine with as your third, fourth, fifth guy, which he should have been prior to the season. Yeah. Marshall is the guy that you were hoping takes over as the second best corner of the team. And it seems like he took a step forward this game that he hadn't done before. Yeah. I'm having, uh, I'm having a quick uh, memory blank. Who was it who picked him up in the redraft? I think it might've been somebody who had Perkins originally. And, yeah. You know, Perkins was a good pick initially for that draft, but somebody, somebody went out on a limb I got to say really- that the, the fact that you didn't take him in the first place is really an indictment on you two. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I took him because, because I was really confident in him being the starter and just knowing how Mullen and Grantham work, I figured he'd kind of start all year. Mm-hmm. But one of you two really should have really needed to get on Marshall. Also, uh, the fact that I dropped Jaquavian Frazier's who <laughs> went and had himself a, a nice little touchdown. Wow, his his touchdown was really good too. Like it was. He did yeah. he did stuff that I haven't seen much from our receivers yet. Just the mm-hmm. quick move the power. That was yeah. nice. I like that. And I'm actually I know there were a lot of good things said about Burke too in camp. So Frazier's and Burke, um, yeah, we probably won't see them much this year, but I think our receiving core can get a lot better next year, even even with losing Cope and um, the doctor, the good doctor. Yeah. I think um I think receivers could take a big step forward next year with some more experience, hopefully. Yep, I agree. Um, And I guess we talked about it a little bit. Uh, I don't necessarily know that Emery was, like, bad in this game. Like, it – I mean, he had the interception. Um, He always has the one. I went back and and watched all of our offensive plays, and um, it was fine. He was serviceable, you know, kind of an extension of what we saw against Tennessee and – and Bama um, just kind of seemed like maybe there wasn't an appetite to put him in high variant situations. Um, so I don't know what that means. I've got some thoughts on what that means that we already kind of talked about, but <laughs> um, yeah, I have some more thoughts. I figured the, the games are good. At the very least, he's like a serviceable starting quarterback. Yeah. It's uh, if you want to win championships, the question is, do you want to go with the safe option who does nothing wrong? Or do you want to go with the option who can do legendary things? And we don't know. We don't know if we have those, that option either. I will say that we don't know sure. for a fact, but you need, you need somebody to step forward. I mean, that offensively, if you want to win the big games, if you want to beat the Georgias and Bamas and Clemsons and Ohio States, maybe not Clemson this year, but if you want to beat these teams that are recruiting at this high level, you're going to have to eventually have some guys who can step forward and take over a game. Like, it's just, I mean, the teams are too good. You got to have somebody who can just do things, make things happen. And we don't really have anybody on offense right now that can do that. That yeah. we're playing. Okay. Um, is there anything else on this game? 
uh, Garage got hurt at one point, and Tarkin Tarquin stepped in as left tackle. I thought that was it. I didn't know that they had really trained. I I guess I did know that, but I didn't really think about it before. I didn't want to think about him going down. I don't know how good of a job he did, but it's just something I noted that he um, he seems to be the guy that might be the next man up as our left tackle of the future. Now, Garage yeah. was able to make it back into the game later, and at this point, I'm pretty confident he'll stick around another year, too. I didn't think he was leaving before, but I surely don't think now. Yeah. Um, I guess we didn't really talk about beyond the just the false starts um the thing that i noticed early on and it seems like a lot of other people have too is that we were trying to do the uh snap out of the shotgun um this is uh this is one that is like 100 percent on the coaching staff like how do you think that's gonna work in your first road game in two years like I mean, I know that Kroger Field isn't like Death Valley at night or whatever, but like it's 60,000 people. Like what, how do you think that this is the only option that you can rely on to get the fucking ball snapped? Which it seems like that was the only option. Mullen's excuse is that everybody else does it. Here's my real question. I actually do not know this. What did Bryce Young do when he was snapping the ball in the swamp and he couldn't hear? He was, I, I, early on, they were trying the clap as well. Did they switch? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sounds funny. Um, <laughs> have, you tried have, have you tried the clap? No, okay, we need to experience everything. With the experience. <laughs> Variety is the spice of life. Um, oh, sorry, that was the sound of the O line. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think Bama went to like a silent snap at some point. They went to like a silent count. Um, I can't say for sure. I, I haven't watched. I don't know. I don't really pay. I don't. I don't recall. It yeah. seemed like it seemed like it was giving them problems, and I remember thinking, watching that game, well, it's it's a relief that Mullen and the staff sees this happening, so we won't fall into <laughs> the same trap on the road. That's what I thought. Like I was like, you know what, this is an issue because we're on our first road game, but we saw how bad Alabama had it. Like clearly, we'll yeah. have something to be ready. I mean, maybe maybe Mullen's right, and there is zero answer on the planet for this. Maybe he's right because if you go with what he said at the press conference, and yeah, he lies at the press conference. I get that. But everybody does this, and they'll take a look at it later on. But, I mean, if you go by the actual actions that happened, it did not change all game. So during yeah. the game, all that, I could, all that I could understand was either, A, he did not prepare a backup plan for if it is an issue, the noise or the clap, right. or B, he saw it and thought it was okay. Or C, there is no other possibility. Which, or see, or wait, that's the most important one. Or see, there is nothing else that anybody on the planet could come up with to counter this, and it is just something seems, you have to deal with. This seems is the way unlikely, it, but this okay. Is life. This is where we are. This is where we will always be. I, yeah. I am guessing that C is probably not the right answer. Yeah. So, but hell, according to Mullen, maybe it is. I don't know. Mm. He's a liar. I, I will. I will say right. that. Yeah. Scammer's liar. All they all are, Coach B. Um, that's, that's fine. What uh, okay? One one last thing before we put the button on this. Um, in the post game, when Mullen is asked if he felt like he got out coached, um, <laughs> oh, you motherfucker! <laughs> what? <laughs> where where do you where does this fall for you on the scale of like where does the blame fall there? Like, is that smartass? Um, Florida think, media asking a question that nobody should be asking of a coach in that situation, or is that 
he's a child throwing a tantrum as he has been known to do. I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely him being a child throwing a little bit of a tantrum. I, I mean, you know what, whatever the guy, the guy, he has his own way of showing his frustration. I don't know. I, I, I was pissed, but at the same time, I have less of an issue with that. Like, at least, you know, okay, clearly he's pissed and he's just brushing it off and making like a stupid, awkward joke. Maybe. But then again, if you combine that with a weird, awkward smile, I don't know. I can't read the guy's mind, but it's, um, I don't even know yeah. where I'm going with this. I, I, he, I don't know what the fuck he's thinking with these things. I think it's fair to say that the media at most schools would know this is not the time to ask that particular question. Like you're just trying to bait him into a, a quote, but yeah, then conversely, like even if you're in the heat of the moment and frustrated, how do you not just say, well, yeah, I mean, I guess it, they had more points than us at the end of the game. So ultimately we didn't get our team ready enough to, to prepare, you know, we didn't prepare enough to, to beat them. So yeah, I guess you could say that we did get out coached. Yeah. Why or is that so if, fucking difficult? I mean, if you're going to snark, just snark at the media, like turn it like Nick Saban would just like ream out the media or like scold them and do his little dad thing. that he does. We're not gonna yeah. just quit asking. Yeah. Quit asking. If you do some shit like that. Like why can't, why can't you have that instead of the, well, we had more yards. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, shit. Wait, did he oh, spin yeah. into Mickey Mouse? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It might as well have been Mickey saying it the way that he said it. Yeah. I'd have enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You know what? We we knew Mullen's issues. Uh, the presser is one of them. So out of all the problems I have in this game, this is probably the least of them. Uh, I do really. I, I really despise like people who have that lack of accountability type of approach to that sort of thing. That shit really rubs me the wrong way. I think I'm kind of a boomer like that where it's like, (laughs) you know, hard work and like determination is the American way. And God damn it. When you make mistakes, you man up and you take accountability for your mistakes. (laughs) Sorry for the gender normative language there but you know like grow some fucking balls and stop being a pussy it up yeah grow some tits whatever it is like whatever, grow, grow it and fucking fucking do it up whatever whatever your up is yeah yeah um you know and and, and to be fair i watched the press conference today and so may, maybe it's just in the moment he has these really awkward answers because today he took accountability or maybe he was coached and decided you know what i need to take some accountability here i don't I don't know, but he did own up to it and say, "Hey, this is the coach's fault. Uh, these, this is my fault. This is, um, you know, this yeah. many penalties. It's, it's on me." And he did say that, so he did it. It's just, you know, he can't, he can't seem to come up with that at the time where it really matters. No one's listening to this one. Everybody listened to that one. Yeah, right. That's the sound bite. Yeah. Although uh, I, you, I don't know if you two saw this. I saw it probably just a few minutes before the pod started. I assume it's Matt Baker. It's Tampa Bay Times. In fact, I know it was Matt Baker. I don't have to read the article to know. It was a Matt Baker article. Uh, Mullen's answer when asked why he was smiling after losing and walking over to handshake Mark Stoops. That sounds like Matt Baker. His first response was, I don't know. And he went on to to clarify what he meant by that, which is essentially you cannot really – I mean, you can't account for every single moment, whether you're smiling or not. I could have been thinking about any number of things. It was something along those lines, which – Makes sense to to an extent. It does, but uh, the Matt Baker article. Man, I need to pull this up now. Y'all, y'all fill some time while I go grab this. Okay. Well, um, I'm just gonna vamp and say, 
I mean, like right at the outset, if he's getting questioned about that, this does feel like some like media gotcha horseshit. Middle of last season, we were throwing a tantrum about like, you know, he was he was trying to start a fight with Drinkwitz at Missouri. And now it's like, oh, he's smiling. What the fuck is he supposed to do? I think yep. the real answer to the question is you break down and cry. Dan Mullen, this is when asked when asked this question, you break down crying. I don't know what how to do it right. I try to start fights to get the team hype and you get mad at me. I try to be happy so that I can show so that we get nice and then you get mad at me. This is this is the Jim McElwain response. He cried afterwards. <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking about those death threats that I've been getting. Yeah. Here's um okay, so here's the article. It's just here's the title. It's Florida Gators coach Dan Mullen. Can't explain smile after Kentucky loss. That's the headline right there. <laughs> and, it, and it was it by Matt Baker? <laughs> That's the headline? That's the headline right there. So, no, I have not clicked this. Um, yes, I know who wrote it. I, I saw him tweet afterwards. I saw his tweets immediately following the question. So I know for a fact it was him without clicking on it. Um, if it wasn't him, then come and sue me for libel. I don't give a shit. But, you think he listens? Yeah. Oh, he definitely listens. Yeah. Him and I told you, all we have a lot of big listeners here. What a gaping asshole! Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck that guy. Oh man, like yeah, pretty- some of it, some of his shtick, I'll defend as like, you know, technically it's his job to dig and find if our players have been, oh, you know, involved in a large credit card scam operation. You know, that's technically his job. But like, this is just masturbatory horseshit. Yep, this is piling on a loss for sure. And he knows that it'll get some clicks right there. I mean, that's everybody's clicking. Probably, like, he likes to alternate between pissing off the Miami, the Florida State, and the Florida fan bases. Like, he'll just ride on whoever's struggling, knowing that the other two are going to just be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to eat this shit up right here. Share, share, share. Yeah. Fucker. Anyways. Uh, yeah. All this, right. Do I have anything else I wrote for this game? I don't. I probably didn't. I'm, I'm done with it. Ready to put it to bed? Yeah. No, I've, yeah. I've, let's end on a positive. Let's end on a positive. That's always good. Um, I have two more good good things here. Um, well, this I don't know if this is good or not, but the people who are frustrated with Mullen, uh, look at what Jimbo Fisher just did. He's been recruiting way better, and his team looks way worse than ours. Like yeah. He just lost to Mississippi State. He might be the worst team in the SEC West right now. Legitimately. Yes, legitimately. Yeah, like that's not an exaggeration. That's not just talking shit. I think they might be the worst team in the SEC West. And he is statistically and, um, the highest paid coach. Oh, he's paid like an ass load. I mean, just insane amounts of money. Yeah. So, and that's all with uh, recruiting us. So that, that just kind of, it's, it's a testament to Mullen's ability that he, even with the recruiting issues, um, he's still doing a good job. Yeah. Overall. And then the right. other positive thing that I really like to see was uh, the next morning after the game, when all of us were hung over and depressed and miserable and wanting to just vent and rant and rave online, if we did go online at all. Um, the players all went on social media around the same time, I assume, before practice. And they kind of banded together. They were really positive, like saying, that, you know, we're going to shake this off and moving forward. They were, like, really positive. I didn't see any players talking like, man, fuck this, or, like, really down on themselves or anything. It was really nice to see. It seemed like um, that that's good leadership right there, getting the guys all on board. I mean, the team has a good uh, a good base and – I don't know the word that I'm looking for here, but it was culture. nice to see. Yeah, nice culture. F-U-C-C, Ohio State. <laughs> yes. Fook. Fook. Fook you and fook me. 
Uh, that is uh, that was, I believe, the Pope weighing in on Ohio State, if I remember from a couple weeks ago properly. Yes, it was. It was, in fact, the Pope. Pope. Anywho, uh, do we have any Vanderbilt preview? Um, I, got, I got some things, mostly just generic stuff, though, not actual Vanderbilt. I, I wrote two notes on what Vanderbilt does. Everything else is just generic thoughts about what I want to see this game. Zeus, do you have anything? I'm I'm sorry. Um, I feel like we've really sucked the oxygen out of this. Uh, yeah. Situation. Oh no! I'm glad you did because once again, I didn't actually watch this game. I just knew <laughs> eight false starts and we lost. So, like, yeah. by all means. But yeah, I have Vanderbilt thoughts. What I want to see is a definitive win, which seems like the obvious, but. In earnest, the past few years, maybe not last year, because last year we were really good, but both 2018 and one of 2019 and 2020, I don't really remember, they didn't come off as an easy win. I remember 2018 specifically, we like tied the record comeback for a Gators win at like 18-point deficit that we came back from. Um, I honestly would have been okay if it was another tough game this year, um, just because it seems to be that way. You know, Maybe it's a culture thing. Maybe it's a how they prepare against this type thing, even though they just, they did just now get a new coach. So maybe that wouldn't be a reason, but you know, I, I'd be okay with one close game. Uh, that card just got burnt for me um, with Kentucky. Uh, I don't, a close win would just mean that I'm writing off Alabama as a fluke, a close win against a loss against Vanderbilt. Uh, I'll see you next year. I think I will just, play a recording of dick jokes for all the podcasts to come Uh, i'll just loop it um a close win against vanderbilt i'll still come on but i'm gonna go full flag football coach who just has a coaching mentality and just get really down in the dumps and i might not be fun to listen to for the rest of the year if it's a close win um i need a definitive win to show that kentucky was the the out was was the fluke mind you it doesn't make up for the fluke the fluke isn't forgivable or i mean i guess it's forgivable but like it's something that's going to weigh on us for the whole year, but it still needs to be the fluke. Keep in mind that if they so chose, Georgia could have beaten Vanderbilt 100 to nothing. Like they had that ability easily mm-hmm. to make that yeah. happen. Like this needs to be a blowout win. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's if that's if you're hoping to be competitive against Georgia. If you kind of write that mm-hmm. off. And no, I'm, I'm talking, I mean, it needs to be a blowout win just to even make me feel good. I'm not even talking about competitive against Georgia. I'm talking we need to beat them by 40, 50 points for me to yeah. feel really good about thinking that Kentucky game's a fluke. If we beat them by 20 points, I'm going to kind of be kind of iffy about it. I'm going to be honest. Right. I'm, I mean, mind you, it's not in Dan Mullen's nature to really lay on the gas, not because he intentionally lays off the gas, but he kind of does that Saban thing where he uses it as a coaching moment if he feels he has an, a good enough buffer. Um, so, I mean, like, if it's a 20-point win, but it's because you see some really weird exotic things that, like FAU and USF, you can tell is intentionally designed to be not mm-hmm. easy on us, and we're intentionally doing the clap clap plays against yep. that rowdy Vanderbilt stadium. Um, you know, if it's that kind of win, then I'll still say like, if it's a 20 points that way, then it's like, okay, contextually that makes sense. But if it's a 20 point win and it's because we needed some big things to happen, a couple turnovers, or it's because we were thundering back from an 18 point deficit again, that's, I don't want that. Or alternatively, just look like you're in control. Never let off the break, get a, have their therapy episode of just really, killing the fight in Barton Simmons. Yeah. They, um, yeah. So I'll give, I think it's a good time to, uh, to give the two stats that I've looked up for Vanderbilt. I have not watched film. I've seen a couple of the, the plays. I saw the, uh, the Georgia highlights against them. 
because I was watching for that tight end of theirs to see what he looked like. Um, anybody can run and throw on this Vanderbilt team and not just run like run or throw, like run and throw. They are 107th in rushing yards per game allowed and they're 87th in uh, yards per pass allowed. Like they are trash on defense. I don't think they're very good offense either, but they, they just, we should have no issue putting up 400 yards rushing if we so choose it, like the whole breakdown of rushing passing is just based on, Hey, what plays do we want to call? And none of them should be a problem. The, uh, the other thing I want to see, uh, and this goes into the whole, like, Oh, letting his foot off the gas, maybe playing some backups and putting them in weird situations. I want to see Anthony Richardson get a whole entire half at the very Ooh. minimum. Yes. I, want right. whole half. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want the half of alternating drives either. Fuck that. I want him to get multiple drives in a row. I don't want him coming out. If his helmet comes off, put Emory in for one play and put Anthony Richardson back in. Like I want him to be like to to be treated as if, hey, you are the guy right now. I'm going to give you multiple drives no matter what happens. Let's just see. Let's let it fly. Let's call some real plays. Not just fucking draws either. Let's call some real damn plays. And if we don't, um, I'm gonna have some major issues with that major issues because barring injury, there's no reason we can't do that. Like we need to see it and we don't just need to see it. Mullen needs to see it. He doesn't know what Anthony Richardson can do in the highlight, like in the live game situation like that. He doesn't know. None of us do give the dude a fucking chance. And this is Vanderbilt. They're not going to mentally break him. Let him play church. That is like, that is literally word for word. Like exactly what I had prepared for this. Okay. So, so uh, that's, say it. That's it. Prove it. Say it. Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. From the top. You know, I need to see Anthony Richardson for an entire half. None of this bullshit where it's just a drive here or there. It needs to be a full consecutive half. If he loses his helmet and has to come out for a play, you pull him out for a play, put in Emery, and then put Richardson right back in the game. I forget. I, it's, I, I forget it. what, what the rest of the order was. Church. But yeah, that. What you said. I mean, that is actually word for word what I had written down. <laughs> God damn it, guys. We all showed up in the same outfit again. <laughs> this reminds me, there was a tweet I saw where it was the guy just said, Oh, you like accounting? Name all the rules. And that just cracks me fucking. <laughs> I don't know why that hit me so hard. But it got me good. Oh, um, man, that's great. Anyway, yeah, I mean, that's like. This, um, yeah. yeah. I, think uh, I guess I guess the one the one thing that I would say here, and I said this last night and I in the Discord, and I'm kind of still feeling the same way. It it doesn't matter to me. Like you know, we could win this game fifty six to three or whatever, and it's not going to make me really feel any better. Um, you know, it's just you're bullying like the mentally handicapped kid, and it's just not. I don't I don't know the the pouring on the points. I don't really need to see that. I just need it to be a victory that is not like three quarters of dicking around. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Um, I mean, I don't have anything else to say about this game. Uh, Wait, wait, wait. We never, we never really hit on this. I'll just make one point. Uh, Hopper played a lot more against Kentucky and he actually looked really good too. You probably missed that. He looked really good. Like an actual middle linebacker. Uh, The dude could shed blocks. He could get like up into the spot. I think Diabate, has really struggled with um, shedding blocks and getting to the right spot. Like he's a freakish athlete. I, I think, I don't know if he's out of position or if he's just, if he just has a lot more to learn with it, but Hopper didn't seem to have those problems. Um, like he's going to go up the middle and pull a Brandon spikes on no Sean Moreno and just like lay him out two yards behind the line. Like he has the ability to do that. 
So oh, yeah, that was exciting. So I'd like to see him more. I'd like to see Marshall more, some of these young defensive dudes. But yeah, this game, I'm looking to see uh, to see Anthony Richardson. I want to see our offensive line dominate, obviously, but I want to see Anthony Richardson get in the entire half. So we're Anything still looking to care about. Based on that, we're still looking forward to 2022 as like a potential playoff run, right? Between. I mean, it, it, I, I need to see a little bit more. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you think about our roster and assuming, you know, assuming we don't have a Kentucky game, which I think we spent a long time th- saying that we can't really do anymore. But just from a roster thing, this is a really far look ahead, but you're thinking AR, you're thinking Bowman, you're thinking potentially this O-line with maybe some upgrades at certain positions. You're thinking Henderson, uh, Burke, uh, uh, Weston, uh, like Frazier's uh, Whittemore. Frazier's Whittemore. Oh, Whittemore's going in first round. You know that already. Um, you have, and then on tight end, you have uh, like Odom and uh, am I forgetting the name of the really, oh yeah, Elksness, who's going mm-hmm. crazy. Like our offensive like roster, at least, seems to be really pointing towards next year, assuming that Emery isn't here because if Emery stays, what happens? But that's going to be an that's going to be a whole offseason talk if that does happen. So I'll leave that for there. And then defensively, you know, you have upcoming guys like we do lose e- Elon, but you have Marshall who seems to be for real. You have Hopper who seems for real. You have potentially Diabate if he stays. That's questionable. We don't know. He might be looking fourth or fifth round right about now, but maybe he's back in position. I don't like. It really seems like our roster is pointing towards 2022, which is what we were saying at the beginning of this year. The only spot that I'd say where um, we might have some, we, we'll probably need to hit the portal is a defensive line. I think yeah. we, lose, we lose the three grad transfers, yep. or blue, tri- blue shirts or whatever. And then Zach Carter, uh, all yep. those are gone. Yeah. We're going to have to hit uh, the portal there and leave like, yeah. So defensive line has yeah. some definite depth questions. Yeah. This yeah, is their sophomore that's... year, right? Say that yeah. again. This is yeah. Gerf sophomore year. So we still have Gerf next year at the minimum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah he'll, yeah, he'll be around. Um, yeah, so that's that's true. So yeah, I mean, yeah, next year is. Uh, well, I, I will hold off on saying next year's a championship run year until I can see yeah. AR actually take over, because I need to be fully confident that Mullen's going to do it too. And while I want to say he is, because I do believe that Mullen thinks AR is the future. I've thought. I mean, that's been kind of the word even before Emory started. That's been the major word before Emory started. Like. Last year, I was saying this uh, because that's what a lot of people were saying was that Emory might not ever take a starting snap at UF. There was a chance, I guess, uh, because AR seemed to be the guy. So if if he can actually go out and show he can do it this year and at some point take over, then I will be fully on board. And I mean, he has to show out. He's got to show he can do it, not just a couple times against FAU and USF. Yeah. All right. Well, make some predictions. I I don't need to talk about Vanderbilt anymore unless y'all do. Um, um, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm going to just kind of hail Mary here and say 38, which is usually my kind of split down the middle. Gators do what they want to do on offense. 38. No, you know what? I'll bump it up to 42 because Vanderbilt 42 to seven, uh, no 14. They score, they score an extra touchdown in garbage time. Um, uh, I'm going to go 48 to seven. Um, I think our defense is really starting to click and um, I think they don't score until either some sort of a fluke play or like if we pull the starters late in the, in the game on defense. I'll go 52 to three. Oh, wow. Okay. Is that a, is that a, you think, or a, you hope? 
Stone Cold Lock of the Week. Oh, <laughs> shit. This team's going to come out angry, I think. And uh, I don't think Vanderbilt yeah. can handle that. No. No, freaking nerds. And even yeah. when we, I think even when we pull our starter quarterback, I do think Anthony is going to get a good time starting, and I think he's just going to go out and just wreck them, and they won't have any answer, and it's not going to be like we're trying to run up the score. It's just going to be him showing off his skills against a high school-level defense. I like to imagine that uh, Clark Lee, you know, they like they they win the big game against UConn last week, and they come <laughs> in off the field, and he's like scrolling through his phone, and he sees – Kentucky beat Florida, and it's just like instant Ralph Wiggum. <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> oh, like, oh, no. oh, shit. There goes any chance of sneaking in and, you know, like shocking the world. Covering. Yeah. Shocking the world by covering. Yeah. It was this, this line opened at 35. I think it was 39 when I looked on Bovada last night. Yeah. I don't was know this- where it's at now. And that's even after a loss against Kentucky. Oof. Yeah, I think I think a lot of uh, like sharp money type of people are probably making that same adjustment that we're making. That like it's going to be a, a get right ass reaming. Yeah, team mentality. Um, the, I mean, the team mentality thing for the whole Kentucky games. Why that that spread is so low? And I think that the same same things coming into the spread so high. Maybe we're not that much. Well, no, we are that much better than Vandy, but. We'll actually show it too. I think. Mm. All right. Well, okay. Uh, do we um, have anything else we want to cover? I don't know if we have other bullet points. I have one more thing I can cover, but we can save it for whenever. It's recruiting. Get, get Mark Stoops out of the fucking SEC. God, man, so so ready to be done with that. Yeah. Although the problem being is that, and maybe the SEC is turning into this, where like you can get rid of these coaches, but. I mean, Mississippi State kind of sucks now, but it's, are they that much harder? Like, are they that much easier? Like, they just beat Texas A&M. Like, Ole Miss, they got rid of they got rid of Hugh Freeze, right. and, Freeze and now, like, Ole Miss is like, oh, man, well, that's not a team I really want to play. Um, Arkansas, like, hire some fucking loser, and then he goes out and shows he's the best coach in the country. <laughs> yeah, but I guess um, <clears throat> the, the flip side of that is that you're always going to have, like, a guy cycling down. And right now that guy is Drinkwitz, and that makes me happy because he's kind of an asshole. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Fuck that guy. I hope, I hope, if we're going to run up the score on any team, I'd much rather be Drinkwitz than uh, Vanderbilt right now. But I, we can do both. We can do both. Clark Lee ain't done nothing wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Clark Lee took – the only thing Clark Lee ever did wrong was take the Vanderbilt job. Yeah. Oof. And, I mean, I get it. You know, like hometown team, mama comes calling. Got to do what you got to do. Big money. Um, yeah. That Tennessee-Mizzou thing, that's a little unsettling. A little weird. That's a weird game. They, they, I mean, that, that could just be a matchup thing where Mizzou was just not prepared for whatever offense they threw at them. Yeah. I, well, I mean, it's, we don't have to play Tennessee for the rest of the year. Yeah. I mean, hey, if they could win some games and make us look better, not ever going to cheer for Tennessee, but, like, you know, there's worse ways to – all right, things. James D. Virgilio. <laughs> I like seeing a good Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. But still, I mean, that's good stuff. All right. Let's, let's, uh, we haven't hit on this in a while. Let me let me do some recruiting stuff for a second. Okay, sure. 
if uh, if y'all don't mind or feel free to throw thoughts or whatever, I don't have much to say. Throwing um, thoughts is what got Urban in trouble this week. Ooh, I was trying to get there. Okay. Yeah, well done. Okay, okay. Um, I don't think this loss hurts recruiting. I think people were getting a little overly excited about what the Bama game did for our recruiting. Um, that recruiting is a roller coaster of emotions, but the actuality of it is still a flat line. It is a very simple flat line and Mullen has his flat line and it's not going to really stray from that flat line. That's, that's my bottom line there. So I, I think people got a little too hyped after the Bama game and who we were going to land. And I think people are a little too down now to this Kentucky game, by who we're not going to land. We will land the same types of players until we show that either a, we are going to start losing like half our games or B we can make the playoffs. And that's just what it's going to be. Um, so yeah, the only real thing I have is I think Jaleel Skinner commits on Friday, the eighth. So maybe a few days after you're listening, um, there's a lot of buzz from Texas and Alabama there, but for some reason, and I cannot figure out why UF feels good here. I have no idea why, because he's not from the state and he goes to IMG Academy and he's the guy that like cut UF from the list earlier. So maybe we've done a good job recruiting him. Um, if you were to ask one or two beat writers for UF, they'd probably say like their crystal ball is on Julius Skinner coming to UF. But all I see is uh, this really super talented player who is just constantly changing his mind, telling people what they want to hear, having himself a good time, apparently getting drunk and throwing up all over FSU tables. I don't know. There's there's stories out there. Whatever. He's having a good time. Well, there's where the crystal ball comes from. I mean, he's having a good time. But he attends IMG. And uh, while I do think eventually we will break that curse – and those floodgates will open when they do. I like we we will get some guys from there, maybe one day. Um, until that happens, I will always default to there's no way in hell we're landing him. So my crystal ball is anywhere but UF. Yeah, yeah. There's some other guys that we're landing too. I think I think we should get a, some good news on a defensive lineman, um, Jamari Lyons. I think he's coming up in a commitment soon, and I think we feel pretty good there. Jaden Gibson's a big time wide receiver. I think we feel pretty good there. So I mean, I feel I feel pretty good about landing some guys, filling out the class. And um, while I think we probably will lose uh, Humphrey, one of our top 100 corners, um, I expect him to flip. Even if, I mean, I guess he could, he could not. I, I do think we replaced him with somebody better. So I think we're in decent shape there. Pretty much what we've been doing. So nothing great, nothing bad. This is like radioactive Chernobyl. Not good, not bad. Just whatever. Gotcha. Maybe that's a bad. Maybe that's a bad metaphor, Chernobyl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not. You know, not bad. Chernobyl. <laughs> I can't remember the exact quote. Like he's like, oh, three three runches, not great, not horrible. But this is an actual, literal, not great, not horrible. Yeah. I zoned out there for a minute. Are yeah. you saying that we're going to have to cover the steaming pit of our recruiting with a uh, a very expensive cover that has to be slid into place and will have to be replaced again here in about a hundred years or so to contain <laughs> just how bad it is. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, you pretty much That's picked it all up. Yeah. yeah. Well, it'll be a feat of civil engineering. Uh, do we want to do culture corner? Sure. I've got something. Alrighty. Uh, can I uh, get one piece in that isn't really culture corner, but sure. it's like kind of not on topic. Last week, I told everybody everybody to bring back the Brinks truck up against my three-way parlay, and guess what fucking hit? My three-way parlay. I'm not a sports gambler, which is why when I say to do it, 
I'm not a financial advisor. Don't do the things I say to you. When I say to do it, you should probably do it. Um, it was the- You should 100% do it. Pull out yeah, all your savings and do it immediately. 100%. Put the house, literally take out a second mortgage. Put your um, kid on, on consignment. Like, I mean, we need to just get every scrap of cash you can. Find out what you have to do to end up being the head football coach of Florida State and then use your funds to bet on to bet on Zeus because that's what they used. To, that's what that's what the current coach did. But um, yeah, I think it was the Michigan was underdogs to Wisconsin by one and a half. And that mm-hmm. didn't make any fucking sense. Mm-mm. There was the Bama Ole Miss over under at seventy nine point five, which I mean, I was sweating a little bit there that Bama would do it on their own. Um, but, you know, it's saving. He takes his foot off the gas. I think it ended up being like a 60-ish, maybe a little bit over 60-point game. So they were still like three touchdowns away. And then there was the Boston College – or there was Clemson favored by two touchdowns against Boston College. And correct me if I'm wrong, did Boston College win that one outright? Boston College versus not. Clemson. Ah! Okay, so they lost by six points. Less than a touchdown. Look at what I'm saying, people. In three and a half years when I say there's another bet to make, listen to me. Yeah. Well said. Culture I court. follow I follow the Zeus system. I do. Um Okay, so Culture Corner. Um I talked about this last year. Uh Love on the Spectrum. New season is back on Netflix and it is my favorite television show. Um it's about mm-hmm. autistic young adults um trying to date and find romance. And uh it's just an awesome show. You experience all of the emotions. Um, it doesn't feel like exploitative or like, Hey, look at these freaks or anything like that. Um, it's moving and very funny and like, it's just awesome. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it. That is it anywhere on the level of squid games. Hey, I have not yet ventured into the squid games. Okay. Uh, this I was I was actually told by my mom like a week ago. She's like, "Have you heard of the Squid Games thing? You should really watch it." I don't know if you can handle it, but I think you can handle it. <laughs> I had no idea what the hell she was talking about, and uh, I put it on. I mean, I kind of looked at it and I was like, "Okay, this looks down my alley." If if you looked at it and it looks at all down your alley, you need to watch that. It is very good. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I don't really okay. want to give anything away, but I highly recommend it. The reason I exclaimed when Zlat brought it up was not because I disagree that it's good. It's that it is on its way to becoming Netflix's number one most popular show on the platform. Um, you know, that's with other things on the platform like uh, House of Cards, back when House of Cards was like the big thing. That's including Breaking Bad. Like it is meant to be the biggest thing on the biggest streaming platform on the biggest telecommunication network in the planet, which is called the internet. It's freaking big um and with all that said well worth it i am on episode uh three no spoilers no i'm i just finished episode three good show i can say this without giving any spoilers away i've really enjoyed all the side characters i thought they did a good job of building Mm -hmm. up these characters and like while they didn't spend a ton of time on all of them you really got into each of their stories and each of them brought something completely different and i i mean i thought it was just well done all around Nice. Okay. Well, I guess I'll have to. Uh, I this is one of those ones that I was hoping would just kind of like wash over Whistle. me. Whistle. Flag on the play. Fire, 
God be prior to Culture Corner. False start. <laughs> so I'm going to have to come up with a new Culture Corner. I don't know if I have much more. I started watching. <laughs> saw that came out. I haven't seen that before. So really? I'm on season two. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. So so people who have watched Seinfeld numerous times, is it is it, uh, are there like better seasons? Are there yes. like yeah. premium times? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When are they? Uh, Season two starts to get good. Season three, four, five is sort of the sweet spot for most yeah. people. Yeah. I'm enjoying season two a lot more than season one. I could see, I mean, like every comedy show I feel like does this where season mm-hmm. one, I mean, they're really finding themselves and there are some definite issues and they, they kind of get the characters into their right spot through the second season, all the good ones at last. So I'm kind of seeing that happen in real time. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, I feel like I had something else on Culture Corner, but I don't remember what it was. Uh, I guess you if I had think mentioned of it. it pre-show. It was something called 100-Foot Wave. <laughs> this Black is... False start! <laughs> Wait, weren't we supposed to have like an ongoing sponsorship or name for Culture Corner or something like that? Am I was misremembering? It? No. That, I mean, like, like I said, I eject everything we talk about on this show immediately out of my brain, like two hours after recording. But I think it was... Culture Corner sponsored by a hundred foot wave or something like that. I thought it yeah. was the most Winnie's Southern Culture Corner. Oh, gross. <laughs> Jesus. No, that's, I mean, that's the sort of thing that pictures will come out later and get you canceled like five years down the road. Yeah. I was trying to think of something a little worse than that to come up with, but that's kind of where I landed right there. Ed or Geron. No, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> halt. Whistle. Flag on the play. That's a personal foul. <laughs> personal foul, All right. foul roughing the podcaster. We're uh, we're coming up on an hour and a half. I don't intend to edit this particularly heavily. So, oh, um, what they're getting into when they start this, they're going to see like an hour and a half. And they're going to be like those motherfuckers. I saw them on Discord, Brandon Raven, and it probably hasn't stopped. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to uh, mark I some timestamps. I mean, some, too- of, some of it was reactionary. I know I pissed a lot of people off, but I mean, you know, you got to be able to speak your mind too. That, that's what that's what or that's what Reddit's for. It's uh, you know, we're we're in our little safe space. Get it out, move it on. Yeah, I can't wait until this gets posted and the comments are all like, "You you wish that we had Jim McElwain again." God, I wish we could just fire Mullen and hire Lane Kiffin right now. Yeah, yeah. That's what they're going to say. <laughs> I can't believe you would think that. By the way, I did say this earlier. I had a, I had the managing partner come in my office and show me the smiling Mullen picture, like just to mock me, like just to really shove it in my face. And damn, like he wasn't even trying to mock me, but it, it hurt just the same. That that made it actually worse. I don't think he realized that I had seen this picture plenty. I knew full and well. He's like, hey, did you see this? And I'm like, yes, I fucking saw it. And then he went on to say that uh, – that if we did switch coaches, we should hire Hugh Freeze because he's the best coach in the country. And then I just kind of started zoning out at that point. But Jesus, yeah. Well, he. I mean, Hugh Freeze, one of the guys who uh, actually could beat Bama consistently somehow with way less talent. Only person to do that. He didn't. He didn't get freakishly uh, lucky like Malzahn did. You're both texting right now. This is very poor pod form. Yeah, I'm hey. sorry. I've got business shit that has to be done. I understand. I understand. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an important <laughs> businessman. <laughs> I, I don't. You just started talking about Hugh Freeze, and I wanted to look up the picture of him on the on the uh, stretcher again, not to share or anything. I just want it reminded me that that exists, and I wanted to look at it. It's good to it's see that. Yeah, it's good to see one that. of the greatest things that's ever happened in our universe. 
Yeah. Yeah. So we yeah, just, uh, just to clarify, none of us want Mullen fired. We're not like yeah. that. Um, but, my, my tune will change if, uh, if I don't see Anthony Richardson in this Vandy game, though. maybe not to firing, <laughs> but my, yeah. I will, I will change my, uh, my disposition towards Mullen overall. And in, in slight aspects. The actual reason I was on my phone is you mentioned the commenters of, uh, uh, on the pod. And I wanted to shout out one user, uh, Iraqi Jack Shack, not because he's like overly like awesome or anything. I mean, he is go, go subreddit, oh, but yeah. he had one comment a couple weeks ago that said, Oh great. When we posted, Oh great. Another hour of listening to these guys wave their dicks around at each other. And then like two or three hours later added back in, in an edit, which is my favorite part of the week. So there were like three hours in there that I was like, damn. <laughs> really feeling down to yourself. <laughs> like like I don't let the I don't let the comments get to me, but like I thought he liked us. How many times do I tell you not to read the comments? Man, like, uh, listen, if a girl rejects me, that's fine. But like, if my girlfriend rejects me, not hey, Iraqi sh- Jack Shack, not that you're my girlfriend. I realize that's a weird metaphor now that I say it out loud. But like, but if you're dang, looking. I thought, I, yeah, earlier, earlier in the pods, you passed a note say, circling yes, you to be my girlfriend, and damn, <laughs> came back at me like that. Anyways, thank you, uh, uh, Iraqi Jack Shack, for uh, switching it up on me there and making me feel like a dick afterwards. I, I downloaded do, you at first. I'm not gonna lie. I do <laughs> enjoy his his dry brand of comments. It's they're good. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Anyways, that's it. That's our. Um, that's our uh, mandated mention one subreddit user per week. All right. Are we done here? I think, <sighs> I think I've got it all out of the system now. Well, I've got as much as I can out of the system today. Yeah. Without I, just droning on and on and repeating stuff again. Oh, which I certainly did, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Sorry, Zeus. I apologize for you having to listen to that. Apologize, I listeners. You specifically. <laughs> no, the, the listeners don't, but I do. All right. Thank you for listening. Review it. False start on the offense. No! Number- review it. <laughs> Please. Uh, also, review it. Go Gators. <laughs> Go Gators. Go Gators. Cease from quarreling and fighting, evil speaking and backbiting. All these things take no delight in when we're met together. Let a union be, let a union be in all our hearts. Let all our hearts be joined as one. We'll end the day as we've been gone. We'll end it all in pleasure. Whack for all of all to run.